What's up, thought criminals? Hillsdale's most trusted and beloved lawyer returns. Last episode, I promised to bring on a very special guest, Dave Robinson of the Proud Boys, who joins me today. In that episode, I discussed the Proud Boys trial. Make sure to check that one out if you haven't. But today, Dave is going to tell us about who the Proud Boys are, what they support, and especially he focuses on Proud Month, which was a highly successful activism campaign that just concluded in the month of June. They support traditional masculinity, family, and Western values. What's not to love about that? Dave and I had a great conversation, and I think you'll really enjoy the show. So I'll stop dragging it out, and let's get right into it. So today's guest is Dave Robinson, and he's going to be talking about a group I'm sure many of you are familiar with, the Proud Boys. So a great friend of mine, Redmond Ritter, he's a patriot, he's just a stand-up guy, I'm proud to call him a friend, and he is a member of the Proud Boys. And Red and I had discussed having him on the show to discuss a couple of topics um, that have occurred recently or ongoing with this group. Um, but he introduced me to Dave and said that Dave would be better situated to discuss these topics. So Dave's agreed to come on the show and enlighten us. And I know a lot of the things that you know my audience is concerned about and um, is involved in fighting against. Um, these topics will hit home with you guys. So Dave, uh, I'm really appreciate, appreciative of you taking the time out of your, out of your evening, uh, to come on the show and chat with me. And, uh, I've really been looking forward to it. So sure. I've been looking forward to, and, uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah. Yeah. My pleasure. So Dave, um, let's just make sure everyone's on the same page here. Uh, I'm sure most of my listeners have heard of the proud boys or vaguely familiar, um, but could you kind of give us a basic synopsis overview of who you guys are? Yeah, the, the Proud Boys is a uh, men's club. It was founded in 2016 by Gavin McGinnis. Gavin McGinnis is a uh, stand-up comedian. He also was the founder of uh, Vice, Vice mm -hmm. Media. Um, he he was, uh, I believe that, that the founding of the club took place because he felt that the uh, the men of the Western world were becoming um, demasculinized. And he wanted, I guess, to, to set it straight, uh, you know, set that set that pace straight within the Western world. Um, Gavin, uh, I don't think he quite thought that it was going to go as viral as it did, because now we're, we're looking at uh, probably chapters that are just all over the world, actually, not just in the U.S., but wow. in, in other countries as well. So there was a lot of guys that, that caught on to this this concept of joining this men's club. He had always visualized it to be something like the Knights of Columbus or or uh, the Freemasons. Uh, it, it is structured very similarly to those two. Mm -hmm. And um, so the uh, you know, the purpose was it was to make men into uh, more masculine men. And of course, we're also a uh, pro Western uh, fraternity. Mm -hmm. So we believe that the West is, is the best, that there's no other uh, there's no better country on this earth than the United States, which is, you know, at the forefront of the West. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, you know, we it, and it's mostly, you know, the group is it consists mostly of regular guys. You know, they go into work. They take care of their families. They're, a lot of them are married men, mostly Christian men, although we do accept other uh, faiths and other creeds. And, uh, you know, we, and, and 
they like to drink, of course. Uh, I, I know with uh, Enrique Tarrio in the past would often say that we are a, uh, how's he say it? We were a drinking club with a Patriot problem. So <laughs> that's awesome. I'm going to hit the AC real quick just because um, I don't want to. I don't want to be too loud there in the background. Well, that's very cool. I mean, that's something I can definitely get behind. Um, you know, we really have a, uh, a pussification problem, especially in the West. Um, but I'm, you know, all for Western values, Western tradition. I'm a Christian myself. Um, so that's, that's very cool. Um, I kind of feel I'd be interested to hear what you think, but it, it, it seems like this problem is a uniquely Western problem in terms of lo losing masculinity. I feel like it's much lesser the case in a place like Russia um, in, in probably in some Asian countries, although I don't know as much about their culture. Um, yeah, I would agree with that. Um, you, you don't see, I don't, I don't think you see this problem as much over in, in your uh, places like China and mm -hmm. Russia. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of um, speculation out there that this is that they, that those, countries are doing their part to try to help us along mm. with the demasculinization demasculinization process i guess so that they could possibly have some sort of an advantage over us culturally or socially well so um but yeah you don't you don't see these uh certain issues that are popping up in in, in the western side of the world that are taking place over in russia and china so mm -hmm. yeah i saw something on youtube the other day and it was um I, I, it was, I don't know if it was Air Force or Navy, but they had this kind of whole pride themed campaign ad. And, and then it was compared to like, you know, join Russia's army or join China's army. And they're a bunch of badasses, you know, like our yeah. commercials were, you know, back 10 years ago, but it's like, um, <laughs> and you know, this is, this has been going on for, for close to a decade. And I, I believe that this is the, the proud boys has spawned, if, if you will, uh, they've, they've come to materialization. Uh, because men have watched this, they've they've watched the uh, our society here mm -hmm. in the U.S. and in the Western world in general uh, deteriorate. We know that uh, men are uh, becoming demonized more and more every day. Yes. Uh, feminism, of course, is, is is something that's running rampant, and um, you know, and we're not against women for that matter, but um, we we also we don't we don't. Uh, appreciate too much a, a a direction of hate towards us just because of who we were born as so you know uh we we believe in um you know defending our stance as far as being men heterosexual men uh again as i said that work to support their families we've done we don't feel we've done anything wrong uh actually on the contrary we uh you know there's a creed that we take when you first join the uh the proud boys club and uh, you have to recite the words, I'm a proud Western chauvinist who refuses to apologize for creating the modern world. We believe that the modern world, that which our ancestors and men like us came along before us created, and that that wasn't a mistake or, right. you know, that wasn't, um, uh, you know, that wasn't intended to, uh, to be a failure. Right. Yeah. Um, it's really a disgrace, uh, to, like you said, to our ancestors who, you know, bled in all these wars or worked the fields or, you know, worked hours and hours in factories just to get by. And, you know, you're going to see uh, just this degeneracy people, you know, only thinking about themselves and, and really not amounting to much. It's a disgrace. I think that we're standing on the shoulders of giants, you know, fought for Liberty, fought for freedom, family, like you said, Western values. Um, 
So do you have a title or specific role in your group? Uh, I'm currently the president of my chapter. Okay. And then there's there's different groups within the uh, fraternity that I've been uh, involved in. Um, we have a team of medics. I'm, I'm part of the Proud Boys medical response team. Oh, cool. They go out to these events and these rallies and, and make sure that there's proper first aid given wherever there's injuries. Because, you know, these things can get heated at times. Sure. Uh, but, but yeah, uh, and then also uh, the, the Proud Month, I've, I've helped uh, oversee the, uh, the carrying out of the uh, Proud Month during the month of June as well. <laughs> Cool. Yeah. And we'll definitely dig into that because that was kind of the main thing I wanted to cover what, you know, Red drew to my interest of having this uh, topic. So, um, yeah, so I would say based on your description, I mean, do you got would you guys consider yourselves right wing then generally? Not not necessarily. And, you know, there was a discussion that I was having with a, a couple other guys within the club. Uh, a day or so ago about this, that, that the club could possibly be going more conservative or more right wing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was explaining to them that, you know, when Gavin McGinnis created this club, I, I've always felt that he, you know, he, he's more of a libertarian guy. And I felt that, mm-hmm. that he uh, wanted to have like a liberal take, you know, if you take the proud boys and you were put them in a time machine and, and put them say back in the 1990s, they're going to fit right in with your MTV generation liberals back then, sure. you know? And yeah. for the most part, it is a Gen X group. We have a lot of guys that are from the, the, the Gen, Gen X demographic. So, okay. Okay. That's cool. Um, so, let's see what else I want to hit on. So, yeah, let's. Um, I want to talk uh, first about um, this uh, conspiracy trial. And naturally, I'm in, intrigued by it the uh, sedition trial. Uh, that uh, recently occurred. Five Proud Boys were tried for conspiracy to overthrow the United States government during the 1-6 insurrection. Um, And I know as ludicrous as it sounds, five guys, you know, overthrowing a whole government. um, But that's the clown world we live in today. Um, People with fear mongering will believe anything. And um, so is this trial, is this something you closely followed, Dave? Yeah, we. I, I tried to pay as close attention to it. I've I've tried to you know uh, monitor the uh, the sentencing, and of course we're waiting. I believe in August, late August, they're going to um, find out how much time they're going to get. So, mm-hmm. uh, yes, yeah, to a degree, I think a good portion of the fraternity is kind of paying attention to it. Yeah. Yeah, and I'd imagine so. Um, that's interesting. You brought up the sentencing because when I was looking on Pacer at the. Um, uh, all the pleadings, I didn't see any kind of set because I was trying to figure out if that had happened yet or or when it would. I didn't see a date. So that's good to know. Uh, the last thing I'd seen is I don't know. It seemed a couple of the attorneys had filed a motion for, um, um, you know, basically to have an acquittal, notwithstanding the jury verdict. And uh, it's called the rule 29. So basically it gives the judge discretion after a guilty verdict to throw it out if there's insufficient evidence. But after the way the judges ran this case, I feel like that's a snowball's chance in hell. Well, we, we saw the leader of the Oath Keepers. I think he was sentenced to, I believe it was 18 years. Um, and me personally, I, I'm, I'm just speculating, but I, I would say that we could expect much of the same for, for our proud boys that are going to be sentenced as well. They're probably going to get a pretty hefty sentence. And I, I mean, I'm not trying to be pessimistic about it, but I mean, you know, it's it, it we're, we are here where we're at. And um, so, yeah, I, I would say that I wouldn't be much shocked if they got something similar as, as what he did, the Oath Keeper. 
Um, and, and a lot of us are just hoping and praying that we can get a, a conservative in the White House who perhaps would be able to issue a pardon. Uh, I, I believe uh, President Trump is all committed, all but has all but committed to uh, pardoning them fairly early on. Oh, within good. reason, of course, he, he did say there were some that he felt that perhaps might not mm-hmm. deserve one, you know, out of the, the whole group that was there on January 6th. So. Okay. okay. Well, that would be a blessing if he did. And I, I really hope if he's elected that he follows through on that. Um, I'll definitely be getting people I know to push him for that if that's the case. Um, I was going to ask, and I, I think you answered this at least in part, but um, I was going to ask if you knew any of the individuals in the trial personally. You mentioned uh, Mr. Um, Mr. Is it Terrio, is that how you pronounce it? Uh, Enrique Tario, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you know him or do you know any of the other guys? I, I have uh, had personal interactions. I have spent time around Enrique uh, pre-January 6th. Mm-hmm. I, I had, uh, we'd done some rallies together. Um, uh, Rufio, uh, Ethan Nordine was another one that uh, I was able to meet personally on a couple of occasions. Uh, Joe Biggs to a lesser degree, but yeah, yeah, I have personally met them in the past and interacted with them. Okay. Okay. And, you know, as I, you know, this being in my wheelhouse, as I said, I spent a lot of time digging and um, into various pleadings. There's a lot of them, but it's just such an egregious uh, miscarriage of justice. Not just that they brought the charge, not just that they're looking at this kind of time, but the way it went procedurally. I mean, first off, you're in D.C., you couldn't pick a worse jurisdiction to get a jury pool from. I mean, you know, every single person on there is, is going to hate Trump's guts. You know, they tied um, all the Proud Boys basically to Trump as if he was, you know, directly, you know, involved. Um, I saw that there was at least six left wing activists on the jury panel. Um, and then, of course, you have the FBI destroying documents, which in any other case, that's a mistrial right there. You know, you throw it out, it's over, you go home. Um, so it's sad. They really just had no shot at a fair trial. It's sad they were put through it in the first place, but um, I just thought that was insane. So, yeah, there, there was, there was all, but you know, there were several instances during, during that trial that um, you, you would, we would notice that, yeah, there probably could have been a mistrial called mm-hmm. and uh, that was foregone. Yeah. Uh, they were, they were, uh, there was uh, federal federal agents that were involved on the ground during January 6th. That's, uh, you know, there, there are answers definitely that need to be raised sure. or questions that need that need to raise answers uh, as far as the uh, FBI's involvement and whoever else that was on the ground there that day. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of this was, uh, well, for as, as much as the judge would allow it to be brought up in court. You know, a lot of that stuff was not a, he didn't he didn't allow it to be admitted. Yes, so. yes. Yes. So, yeah, it's it's uh you know, and, and I'd I'd also like to touch on you know what President Trump said. It was I believe a few weeks ago he had done the CNN town hall meeting when this was brought mm-hmm. up as far as the Proud Boys and how he would handle that if he was reelected, yeah. and uh, he had said you know one thing I can say for sure is you cannot catch a fair trial in Washington D.C. No way. So, or New York. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's why I feel like with his case he probably at least has somewhat of a well a much better chance you know in uh, Southern District of Miami. Um, I guess we'll have to see, of course, but yeah, it's, um, um, yeah, I, I saw that the lawyers moved like 16 times to change jurisdiction to, you know, not necessarily get a conservative jury pool, but I mean, just something maybe moderate, maybe balanced where it's even a little bit. 
Um, but the judge was not having it. Um, so you sounded pretty pessimistic, you know, regarding, and I don't say that as a criticism, but just, you know, your realistic opinion, uh, regarding the, the sentencing, the time they could receive, um, from either if you talk to the defendants themselves, or maybe the overall feeling within the proud boys, um, have, have the um, the Proud Boys that have been convicted, have they mentioned either through the grapevine or to you how their lawyers feel about chances of appeal? Um, are they hopeful or do they think it's a Hail Mary? Uh, I mean, I, I, I'm not sure how they feel about it. Personally, I, I believe it would be a Hail Mary. But um, the only thing, the only information that I've received was that they were going to go forward with an appeal. Mm. Uh, I'm not sure how the attorneys feel about that, though, or, or you know, if whether or not they're optimistic. Okay, yeah. I mean, if you're looking at that kind of time, you just, you have to, you know what I mean? Because I mean, what's your other option? Just sit there and rot. It's, I mean, well, you know, with that being said, I do wish these guys the best and um, be praying for them. And, you know, hopefully they have good appellate attorneys and, or if not, hopefully, you know, Trump gets in there and, you know, that would be great. Right. So, um, so yeah, I want to switch gears here. And like I kind of touched on earlier, uh, Big Red brought this up. And he suggested I discuss, and you've uh, referenced it earlier about uh, Proud Week. And um, would would you tell us what Proud Week is? Well, yeah, Proud Month. So you know, Proud Month. Uh, Sorry, coming, yeah. coming coming out of the uh, you know the January six court uh, proceedings and, and the trial itself, uh, we knew we knew we weren't going to be able to dwell on it much more going forward until there was a sentencing or something. So so that I I personally believe that that chapter is is. Uh, closed you know the the page is is closed in in that story and so we have we have uh decided you know that we are going to move on to some degree and we are going to try to stay focused on on uh, our causes and in doing so uh the proud boys have uh came up with this concept called proud month and proud month of course is where we take the month of june and we know that the month of june sits in between two of our most patriotic holidays uh that being memorial day and july 4th and uh, that, that we wanted to take that time to celebrate Western chauvinism, mm -hmm. our uh, heterosexual lifestyles, mm -hmm. uh, procreation, you know, mm -hmm. having kids, making a family, creating a home, um, you know, and, and of course, our patriotism as well. And uh, so that's what we have uh, been focusing on throughout the, uh, the past few weeks here. And it has gained a little bit of attention. We, we are uh, fairly impressed that a lot of people out there in the public are kind of uh, catching on to this. And this is something that they have chosen that they wanted to get on board with uh, versus having to, you know, uh, sit here and look at the the pride celebrations, which is something that they don't necessarily relate to as much right. as they could this particular proud month that we've conceived. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. I mean, those are all, you know, things that we should all be celebrating. Um, and it's sad that these things are, you know, almost, I mean, not in like my neck of the woods, you know, small rural country town, but, you know, in, in mainstream media and in pop culture and things like that, it's like they're looked down upon almost. And I think that's pretty disgusting. And it says a lot about the current state of the culture. Yeah. And that, that's what we've said. And so we, we want to uh, we want to get the message out there that it, it is OK to be straight. It mm -hmm. is OK to be a heterosexual male. Mm. Or a heterosexual female, for that matter, because there's war that's being declared on them as well. Sure. As we can see with with the the transgender activities going on out there, 
Yeah. And uh, it, it's Sports not something still. that they should be right. Yeah. <laughs> it's not something that we should be shamed into to identifying right. with. Yeah, exactly. And that's how um, I went to law school in Bloomington, Indiana. And Indiana is a red state, but Bloomington's, you know, a co- big university, Big Ten college town, super liberal. And um, I went in there kind of naive about how things were, you know, and um, it, it got to be very isolating, you know, when um, there's a day in in class, for instance, um, where everybody's wearing, you know, a black shirt for whatever, you know, uh, cause it was. And um, it was it was the day after the Super Bowl and I wore white and I wore a white jersey because it was my Tom Brady jersey. I said, what? I'm wearing my Tom Brady jersey. I'm celebrating we won, <laughs> you know. But it's like everyone's wearing black, and then I'm standing out for that. But yeah, it's like you know you can celebrate every cause you want, besides being you know uh, a white heterosexual, as you're saying. So and, and we, yeah, you know, we believe we believe that boils down to two simple words: cultural Marxism. You know that that cultural Marxism is trying to rear its ugly head within our our culture here in mm-hmm. in uh, the West in the United States. Uh, it's been going on. It probably started in the universities, exactly where you're talking about. Yeah. And now you you have, um, you know, various things out there like ESG scores and where they are just trying so hard to embed this into every every aspect mm-hmm. of, of our culture today. And yeah. um, and, and I, I don't I don't know if it, I don't think it would be it'll be successful over time. I think people eventually would just finally say, look, we've had enough. This is it. You know, we want to take a different direction. And um, I, I think that you're seeing that a lot right now this year uh, with with the Pride Month going on, Dylan Mulvaney and, and various different things that are getting boycotted. You're seeing people out there and they're saying, look, we, you know, enough is enough, guys. This this just isn't the way we want to swing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I agree with you 100 percent. I mean, I'll be honest with you. There was a time really not that long ago when I just thought things were just going to get worse and worse. And I kind of felt it was, it was hopeless for the pendulum to ever swing back. But I think we are just starting to see it where they've taken it too far. People are just sick of it. People just want to, you know, be able to sit down and watch a movie, you know, and enjoy themselves or watch a football game. And all this isn't thrown in your face, you know? And um, so, yeah, I think they push it too far. I mean, one great example of the pushback is the NHL. Um, I, I like hockey a lot and you know, they're not wearing the pride jerseys next year. And it basically started with one player saying, I don't believe in this, blah, blah, blah. And someone else is like, you know what? I don't either. You know, it, it sometimes it just takes that first person, but now they're not doing it. And that might be the first step in kind of that in the culture, you know, it's swinging back. I'm, I'm seeing uh, various different companies. Uh, there were major league baseball teams over the past couple of weeks where I guess pressure was put on them and they, uh, they they shied away from the uh, rainbow multicolored logos that they would have on social media and, and whatnot mm-hmm. and uh, went back to, you know, what they normally uh, promote out there 11 months out of the year. So yeah. um, I, I think that it, it's a notable noticeable difference in what we have seen in previous pride months and previous years. Um, so, yeah, I believe that if, if, if uh, people keep it up and let their voices be heard that, you know, they, they can make a difference. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. And that, um, yeah, because it's like, um, I mean, I don't have any kids, but if I did, you know, the last thing I want to do is take, you know, an eight-year-old to a ball game and have all that crap be thrown in your face. It's like, you know, we want to try to catch a foul ball, you know, eat some popcorn, you know, just enjoy the weather, whatever. We don't want to 
come there and be sexualized. <laughs> yes, and I I want to stress that as well. The Proud Boys are uh, you know, they're, they're they we do allow uh, homosexuals into our um our our ranks. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is not a uh, deciding factor or a uh, deal breaker when it comes to join the Proud Boys. Uh, we don't have a lot, but there are some gay men that are uh, in in the ranks. And as I was saying earlier, it's not all Christian. There's other faiths as well. So we're we're not trying to declare any kind of a war against the uh, LGBTQ community right. per se. But we do we do have to draw the line where they want to sexualize the children mm-hmm. and groom them and, and you know, turn them into, uh, you know, whatever it is that they're, they're motivated to turn them into. I mean, it's out there. You can see what they're doing to kids. And so we, we really do have to draw the line. That's why you're seeing Proud Boys that are uh, showing up at uh, different groomer events, drag queen story hours. Yeah. Uh, we have various slogans that we're trying to get out there. One of them is that children cannot consent. And another big one that we we uh, we throw out there is 18 plus gets rid of us. So if you don't want Proud Boys showing up at your uh, grooming events, then, um, you know, make make them 18 and over because that is considered adult entertainment to us. Yeah. So yeah. doesn't seem like too much to ask. Uh, that, that's that's my thoughts. Exactly. I didn't think it would you know, we wouldn't think that it'd be too much to ask. But apparently a lot of those on that side of the aisle do find that to be unreasonable that we say, that you know, well, don't invite kids. Don't invite kids you want to hear from us because you have not seen Proud Boys showing up to gay bars right. or gay events where that's not targeted towards children. Right, exactly. It's um, yeah, and and I agree. You know, there's a there's a lot of you know gays that I know that you know they're they're not pedophiles. They're not into you know trying to uh, you know get kids to mutilate themselves, and they're just you know what I mean. That's like you're saying that's that's your own thing. Do what you want to do, but yeah, once you yeah, become a pervert about it. It's yeah, but but that's why I'm glad you guys are standing up to it because um, someone's got to. And um, um, yeah, that's uh, it's the the um, you know, a big thing too. And I've um, I've helped. I haven't had any like formal litigation, but I've kind of written some stuff to schools for some uh, some parents that have reached out to me because most attorneys, you know, one they're left wing to begin with, but two they're People are afraid to go after schools because the teachers unions are so tough and they're afraid to challenge this agenda, the groomer agenda, because they're going to be called every name in the book. So people from across state have reached out to me, but that's, you know, where they have basically, you know, these porn books in these kids library and they're literally talking about, you know, masturbating with your teacher or, you know, even worse, but, um, you know, I just couldn't believe that, you know, I mean, I mean, I do believe it, but it's just, it's insane. It's hard to grasp, I guess. You know, I've seen over the weekend, there were, uh, there were various events taking place in New York city where there, these, these grown adults are dancing around in fountains, women that are dancing around topless out in the public in a public square. And mm-hmm. there are five, six, seven year old children right out there with them. And we, we have to, you know, we are going to draw the line there. We find that completely unacceptable. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And we're even, you know, back to the books. I mean, even in Hillsdale, which, um, you know, we're the most red county in the state of Michigan in terms like we're most uh, 73 percent Trump, number one in Michigan. And um, even our library, which is just across the street from my office, um, you know, we're having all this controversy about, you know, what books and um, things like that. If I lose you here, I'll just call you right back um as far as the time but um 
you know, we're having that. And I just like, why is that happening here? You know, it's like, I understand in Ann Arbor, or I understand in New York City. I mean, I don't understand as in I support it or I'm down to let it slide. But it's like, can't we just not have that here? <laughs> Nobody wants it here except for like five people who show up to meetings and they scream so loud and they shame everyone else into it. And you make a good point there because this was, uh, I was talking to an individual the other day that, that lives in a smaller town and, and this town is, uh, had a pride parade that had taken place within it. And they were telling me, they're saying, well, you know, th this doesn't fit our demographic at all. There might be one or two gay people in the entire town. And so what we, what we are uh, speculating is that they, there are large groups, lobby groups, you know, whatever you want to call it, Soros money, whatever, yeah. however you want to classify it. And they are uh, organizing these, these um, events and these parades in some of these smaller rural towns because I'm seeing them all over here down in my area. And, and that we, we believe that that's to try to put on a, a specific narrative or, or specific optics that makes it appear that this is all happening in Main Street America and that these are the uh, locals that are putting these things on when in actuality they're outside groups that are coming into these towns and holding these things. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I hope, I hope they don't come here, but I, I see what I can definitely see that strategy. That makes, I mean, you know, from their perspective, that makes a lot of sense because just like the old trans thing, it's like 1% of people, you know, but the way they present it is you think, well, there's all these trans people running around. If I'm not cool with it, then like I'm in the minority. So they've got and they've got, you know, all of all of your businesses that are donning the rainbow colors. They're trying they're trying to make it appear as though that this is some sort of a transition that our culture is going through, mm. that that it, it's you know, that we're just just basic evolution is what's taking place. When we would argue that it's not this is being fabricated, mm. that there is a lot of money behind this. I think I looked it up the other day. Uh, I was looking up things about ESGs e, or ES, uh, they called ESG scores. $22 trillion, I believe is what it said, is what's being invested in that. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I mean, it, that's that's a big number. That could take out a chunk of the national debt. <laughs> it could easily. It'd take a good portion. Yeah, half of it probably. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's a uh, so th there are people in high places that, that have this agenda and they are fighting hard to carry it out. Yeah. Um. So, you know, speaking of pushing the agenda, of course the mainstream media uh, is a huge, if not the largest factor in that. Um, and I checked out the links you sent me um, that you texted me and I had my phone right here. I was going to give some quotes, but I think I said it somewhere else, but um, yeah, I wanted to, uh, yeah, to talk to you about that. You know, obviously the coverage you guys are getting, you've definitely stirred up the pot, gotten a lot of attention for the, uh, for the proud month. And um. What's kind of been the reaction inside the Proud Boys or, you know, what do, what do you have to say back to maybe some of the comments uh, said about you guys? You know, I, I, it's gotten to the point now, if it's a leftist media outlet that's reporting on us and they're they're using uh, terminology like a uh, radical far right wing extremists, mm -hmm. you know, we, we take that as a badge of honor. Uh, we're not really too worried about people out there in the public that are reading these articles, you know, these hit pieces on us, because we, we really do believe that for the most part, at least those that, that we would like to appeal to or reach out to and send the message to are going to be able to separate the meat from the bones. They're going to be able to distinguish what is uh, biased reporting versus what is the truth. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much fear mongering. Um, oh, they're, you know, they're going to be so violent and, you know, things of that nature. Um 
So do you think the attention has uh, given you guys momentum or, you know, maybe increased your publicity and numbers or? A little bit, a little bit. Um, I, we, we think, you know, I'm just glad that, you know, as much as I'm pr- hoping and praying for something good to come out of the, the January 6th thing, I d- we don't want to dwell in that. We do, we do want to move forward. We think that we would be doing our brothers that are locked up in the, in the DC gulags a disservice if we didn't uh, move forward doing our proud boy stuff. So yes, it, it has definitely caught attention and it's, it's gotten to the point, I would say, you know, it's almost to the point where uh, the proud boys can't sneeze without the <laughs> leftist media yeah. covering it and making a big, big deal about it or trying to twist it into something that we're doing that's nefarious. That's very Trump-esque. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, within the uh, the Proud Month, you know, obviously that's um, coming to a close here. Um, do you have any, you know, interesting stories or events you're at or just, you know, kind of things people might find interesting to talk about? Well, you know, it, it, I can say that the Proud Month, as far as on the inside, you know, with, with the, the Proud Boy members, it has really brought guys together. They've been working. They've been doing various things like uh, banner drops. We've been holding um, uh, Proud, Proud Month celebrations where, you know, uh, Proud Boy meets where, where guys are coming uh, from out from different states and meeting in different places and and celebrating the very thing that I just described earlier, you know, our, our uh, Western chauvinism. Uh, we have put that into overdrive in the month of June. And uh, I, I will say, I, I do have to say that, that uh, I, I, you know, I'm going gonna to give these guys a lot of credit because we have accomplished just about every goal that we put in our mission statement for Proud Month. We've been able to accomplish that. And, uh, you know, we're now e- uh, nearing the end of this month. So we uh, we're looking at this like, wow, you know, mission accomplished. Yeah. So that's awesome. And we, and we can't wait to get back at it next year. So this is something that we want to come back repetitively year after year. And hopefully we'll be able to make that happen. Yeah. Just keep smashing back and, you know, don't look back. That's all you can do. But yeah, congrats. I'm glad you guys hit your goals. That's very cool. Um, yeah, that's, um, it's very, very awesome. Um, I saw the article also said, um, something about an alternative or one of the articles I should say said something about, um, like an alternative event to Juneteenth. Did you guys end up having that? And if so, what'd you guys do? We did. We, we did have a, an event. There were actually several events across the country that took place on Juneteenth. We, we made it a, a celebratory thing. Uh, our chapter in particular, we hosted, uh, several, several guys that came in from out of state. They came into town. They, uh, they partied with us during proud month. Um, we were, you know, we, uh, normally how proud boys party, we drank a lot of beer, um, you know, had, had our grill outs. And yeah. so, um, you know, we, we, was, we were happy to be able to do that. We weren't sure, you know, when we started this concept of Proud Month, if it really would take off even with inside the fraternity. And uh, we were pleased to see that that has happened. And, and guys did catch on. They jumped on the Proud Month bandwagon and they were able to make a lot of uh, great things happen. And of course, there were also uh, various instances where we would go out and protest the uh, groomer events that were mm-hmm. taking place in the month of June. Uh, one thing I can say that did not happen, though, there were no gays that were attacked. There were no, even no transgenders that were attacked. We didn't persecute anybody. Mm-hmm. We, that, that is not what the focus of Pride Month was intended to be. It was, it was just for us to celebrate who we are, mm-hmm. just like they claim that they're celebrating who they are. Right, right. Well, that's very good. Um, yeah, I couldn't believe, um, you know, when I looked at my calendar and I said, oh, the courts are closed for Juneteenth. I'm like... Oh my gosh. Like this holiday just came out like 
two or three years ago and now now nobody has to work on that day you know national holiday now yeah yeah it's funny because um my dad he works at hillsdale college he's the uh grounds crew supervisor and you know they're very conservative they take no federal state money totally private and i was i was just joking i was like so you guys got juneteenth off no (laughs) i'm like that's awesome good for them you know so they're one of the last few that doesn't totally bow you know, college-wise to that liberal agenda. Yeah. Not many left, but there's a, there are a few out there, sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Moving forward, you know, this um, uh, Proud Month was a huge success for you guys, as, as you said. Do you have any, um, notwithstanding Proud Month next year, do you have any future plans or future kind of big events um, coming up? I... I... I would like to have some, uh, you know, future events, you know, big events that we could uh, set up for next year. Uh, we haven't really thought that far ahead. We, we know that we want to do a lot of uh, what we've done this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want we want to repeat that again. And then we're going to try and add maybe a little different twist on it next year and, and, and possibly expound on it as we go. And in, and in the years after that as well. So, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I realize if you have too many big hype events, you know, sometimes they can get watered down just because all the work you can get burned out, you know, um, expending resources and things. But yeah, I just wondered if, um, you know, you might do something the fall or winter, you know, to have kind of another hype event. Well, well, I have, I have stated to these guys that, you know, that, that we are definitely focused on uh, taking what we've done during proud month and uh, carrying that over into the months after that, you know, we, we've seen that happen with uh, the, the LGBTQ community it's gotten to the point where they don't just celebrate Pride Month in the month of June. Yeah. So uh, we're going to take a page out of their book. And, yes, we, we are going to remain focused on, yeah. on our cause of celebrating who we are and, and then, of course, fighting the, the perversions that are out there. Uh, that's, that is something that we don't want to just confine to the month of June, sure. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, keep that momentum going, definitely. And, um, well, yeah, I, uh, I suppose I should let, let you out of here soon. but. Is there anything else, um, just before we wrap it up, you'd like to tell the audience just about the Proud Boys in general or any other thing you've been up to or something you just wanted to lay out there? Well, you know, as, as far as the audience goes, uh, the only thing that I would, you know, ask them to do is to look at things from a uh, unbiased standpoint, mm-hmm. uh, take into account that the, the leftist media is indeed that and they are going to be very biased. They don't like who we are. They don't like what we do. Uh, they don't like that that we do have such a uh, reverence for for Donald Trump, who is their mortal enemy. That's Voldemort to them. So, uh, so you know, th- you know, just make your own distinctions, make your own, um, you know, come to your own conclusions, and 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 try not to let the uh, media help you do that. Yeah, yeah, you know? because well, they, we are a bunch of good guys. We yeah. are honest and sincere men, and we, and we do love our families and we love our country, and you know that's more than what it boils down to than anything. Yeah. I mean, what's not to like about that? Um, and, and that's the thing, too, is, you know, the if the media, you know, my rule of thumb is if the media is saying, you know, all those nasty things about someone, they're probably a good, you know, man or woman. You know, they're probably pretty decent. And we're not we're not Nazis. We're not white supremacists. Yeah. Uh, we we uh, my particular chapter has a rule against that, that we don't vet individuals who are into those uh, sorts of things. So, you know, that's that's something that uh, I would also like to stress out there 
because they're going to hear that a lot, that we are Nazis, white supremacists, so that, mm. that couldn't be further from the truth, as you yourself saw. Enrique yeah. Tarrio was the African-American and Cuban mm. or Afro-Cuban-American. Right. So we, we do let, the, you know, we do let people from, from different ethnicities in as well. And that's not something that we really look at at all when it comes to vetting individuals. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was going to say, um, I don't see you wearing your clan hat to this. Uh, no, <laughs> no clan hat. No. As, as a Christian myself, and I, and I often tell these individuals this, guys in the club, you know, it, it, it compromises my personal Christian views and, and my faith to, mm. to try to line up with, with those sorts of things. Right. So it's just, you know, that's just what the media is. That's the narrative that the media is trying yeah. to uh, put on us. Well, yeah, anyone, anyone they don't like is a fascist or a Nazi. So it, it's uh, basically fascist means someone I don't like, you know, just like they said, Trump or, you know. I, I would also like to uh, just take a second to dig into that. You know, all that fascist talk, I, I want to say that that happened. That started happening a few years ago whenever the Proud Boys started uh, showing up at various uh, speeches that different pundits were uh, holding at colleges. Uh, the one that sticks out in my mind is Ann Coulter at UC Berkeley. Mm -hmm. So they're going out there. Antifa was trying to attack these people. They were trying to silence them. They didn't want them to speak. The Proud Boys uh, started taking upon themselves to show up at these places and offer protection and security for those mm -hmm. speakers. Mm -hmm. And eventually the left, namely Antifa, go, uh, make the assumption or, or the, the proclamation, well, uh, if Ann Coulter and Ben Shapiro are a bunch of fascists and Nazis and these guys are defending them, then they must be Nazis, too. And I believe that's that's basically where that stemmed from. And then they let it snowball. Yeah. Yeah. So you're basically a brown shirt for Ben Shapiro, the Orthodox Jew. To hear them tell it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and I think that, you know, it kind of goes to what you're saying about, you know, being a man, Western uh, tradition and culture and things like that to provide protection, you know. A man should be standing up for, you know, people, whether it's women, children, you know, not cowering down, but sticking up and saying, you know, I might take a hit here, but this is my duty. You know, being a man isn't about being happy or, or really having fun, but it's more about duty and honor. Absolutely. And most of the men that I know that are in this club, that's how they see it. And, and that's how they carry themselves to, to try to uphold that duty and uphold that honor. Yeah, well, that's great. That's very um it's very encouraging to see you know to know that you know people out there because i'm sure you probably before you got involved felt isolated at some point like you're the only one who feels that way or maybe you and a couple buddies but you guys are aliens on this earth because <laughs> yeah sure it, it, it would get that time it would get that way with me at times uh before my life uh as a proud boy had started and and sometimes yeah you would you would sit and ponder, or at least I would, well, you know, are there anybody else? Is there anybody else out there that sees things, you know, the way I did? I, I kind of felt like that changed a little bit when the MAGA movement started. Yeah. And then I started realizing, oh, wow, there's a lot of people out there. The majority. Don't. Yeah. Yeah. They, the silent majority. Sure. Yeah. And so that was relieving for me to, to, to find out. And then, you know, I, I find a group of guys a few years ago uh, who were like-minded with me, conservative mm -hmm. like I am. They like to drink like I do. And so, I, I've made some strong ties and some strong bonds with some very good and honest men having, you know, after having joined. So. Yeah, that's great. That's really, that's really good to hear and encouraging. Um, speaking of the Donald, this is not super relevant, but uh, on uh, Sunday, he spoke at the Oakland County GOP and I had the pleasure to uh, go attend that. 
And um, there's probably some reels and stuff on like Instagram and stuff like that you might have seen or Facebook. And that was at the event. But man, he was great. But about um, we had a little bus, us guys from Hillsdale is about two and a half hours away. And uh, people from our Republican Party, because I, I used to be the chairman of that, our local Hillsdale County GOP. But we took a, a bus up there and man, it was a great time. So. Yeah, you know, and, and you you have, you know, not the Proud Boys aren't universally pro-MAGA or pro-Trump there. And that's sure. what makes the group so great is it is diverse. Mm-hmm. There are some that are libertarians. There's some like myself that are uh, lifelong GOP members. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are some that are going to go in all in for Trump. As mm-hmm. far as, you know, as, as Trump uh, running for reelection, you know, I'm, I am going to support him myself, although mm-hmm. I have joked with others. I don't care if a chimpanzee wins the Republican primary. I'm going to support that chimpanzee, whatever it takes yeah. to get the liberal Democrats, the radical leftist Democrats out of power because they've done enough damage. Yeah, yeah. I'd say that again. Um, I feel like he has a lot of momentum right now. I mean, unless they somehow bar him by throwing him in jail, which I guess he could still run from there. But um, it just when you were in there, you just really felt pumped up. You know, you really felt motivated and um, kind of toward the end of his his first term when COVID and all that was going on, he seemed really flat and I didn't really seem inspired by him the way I had in like 16 and early in his presidency, but I kind of felt like he had that edge again. And, um, and I, and just when I see the, hear about polling, when I hear other, you know, GOP types talking about him or conservative pundits, I see, I see like, yeah, I don't really see who else could win this, but you never in terms, you know, in terms of the Republican side, but uh, for the primary, but I guess you never know. So. Yeah, I, I think that it, if if uh, those that are conservative or, or Republicans, and we know that even the Republican Party looks fractured in, in very many areas, uh, you have uh, what many call the uniparty people, and then you have your your uh, populist conservatives and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would encourage you know everybody that's on on the conservative side, if you got to go vote for Trump, holding your nose, then do so because mm-hmm. I don't think we can really afford to have another four years of uh, what we've got going on right now in the white house. Yeah. Yeah. You can say that again. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, thanks again for your time, Dave. It's been great talking to you. Um, if you ever want to follow up and chat sometime, hit me up. Uh, I'd be more than happy to. So I really appreciate it, man. Absolutely. It's been great talking to you. All right. Thanks, my man.